U.S. inflation hit record high since February 1982. U.S. Immigration Agency changed its mission statement. Canada trucker protests entered its 13th days with a potential U.S. trucker protest to start on the Super Bowl day. Leaked audio from China revealed what's behind the CCP's zero COVID policy. Welcome to Wei and Kathy Show. I'm your host Wei Fang. I'm Kathy Zhang. Okay, today is Friday. Hope you're looking forward to a great weekend.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, several important pieces of news for you, especially the last one, the the leaked audio and、uh, revealing something nobody could believe, but、um, will bring us to you for you to judge. Anyway, before that, let's、uh, go through a few important news. And the first one, I don't even need to report it because you feel it and you live it, and、uh, you know probably better than the any. Any, you know, statistics bureau or, or labor department. Anyway, so the inflation in January increased seven point five percent. Okay, compared to the same month last year, the labor department announced yesterday. All right, this number exceeded the economics prediction that the consumer price of last month rose to seven point three percent, so point two percent than the estimate. Well, this is compared to twelve months ago. All right, and the increase was the highest increase since February 1982. Remember, we just、uh, the economy just climbed out of a、uh, how to say a, a re- recession, and then this is the Reagan's se- second year. But then afterwards, U.S. economy entered a long-growing、uh, stack. Okay, at that time, February 1982, the inflation was 7.6 percent. All right, if we go worse than this, we're gonna have we're gonna break an, the the 40-year Um, how to say record into fifty years, sixty years. We hope that never co- happen. In the meantime, okay, the the national debt increased by six trillion dollars since the pandemic happened. Okay, it grew from twenty three trillion dollars to nearly thirty trillion dollars. This is how costly this pandemic has cost this country, as well as the whole whole world. And.、Um, Yeah, unfortunately, just my personal comment, just in, in the middle of the news, that、uh, nobody's、uh, holding CCP accountable. It's just a sh- such a shame, such a big loss caused to our、uh, damage caused to our country, our people, and our economy. And so that's why, especially you, really wanted to hear our last piece of news. We're gonna share with you. It's a leaked、uh, recording audio from China. Okay, from PR China,、uh, it's an expert from United States, but、uh, he is of Chinese descent. But、uh, his audio recordings really revealing related to this pandemic. So you have to stick、uh, until you hear that. Yeah, the next piece of news is a small piece of news. Probably it could just omit people's any attention, but、uh, we want to call it out, put it out for you to pay, you know pay pay your attention to. All right, the、uh, the USCIS, the former uh, called uh, uh, Immigration and Naturalization Service (INS) was changed to USCIS、uh, about ten years ago.、Uh, it's called、uh, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Anyway, the agencies that manage immigration. It has a mission statement. Let me read it to you. What what was their mission statement? It it will. It would、uh, administer the nation's lawful immigration system, safeguard its integrity, and promise by efficiently and fairly 
adjudicating requests for immigration benefit, while protecting Americans, securing the homeland, and honoring our value. Sounds pretty familiar. Sounds pretty straight. Sounds sounds make sense, right? And then, interesting enough, yesterday the mission statement has been changed. All right, changed to what? Hear me out here. Unholds America's uphold.、Uh, I'm sorry, upholds America's promise as a nation of welcome and the possibility with the fairness, integration, and respect for all we serve. Yeah, integrity. Yeah, in, fairness,、uh, integrity. Fair,、um, yeah, fairness, integrity, and the respect for all we serve. So what's the difference? Yeah, I, it's probably better for us to to project that to the screen. But you know, we haven't done that yet. But just hear us out. So、um, the original mission statement has administered administered the nation's lawful immigration system that was dropped. Safeguarding its integrity was dropped, and then fairly adjudicating requests for immigration benefit was dropped. Okay, what is added is that this is a country of welcome. And the possibility. So. And、uh, it says, "Oh,、uh, it is you know it、uh, will it, it emphasize for all we serve." You know, in the previous mi-、uh, mission, it emphasized the lawful immigration system.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, the agency director called Or、uh, Jodo said in the new statement,、uh, said that、uh, this new statement reflects the inclusive. Character of both of our country and this agency, and he said the United States is and will remain a welcoming nation that embraces people from across the world who seek family reunification, employment, or professional opportunities and humanitarian humanitarian protection. And、uh, Ken、uh, Kusunili. Who serves as the acting USCIS director during the Trump administration offered、uh, an opposing view. He said,、uh, "When we've got an invasion at the border, this is what USCIS chooses to spend their time on." He referred to、um, changing the mission. He said that this is just another example of left-wing busybodies、uh, shirking their duty to Americans and not protecting our border. Yeah, that's what he、um, said in the email statement to the Epoch Times. Yeah, you know, I I I I'm an immigrant. Okay, I I really like American to be open and embracing. But let me tell you that how I came to the United States. Okay,、uh, when I was in my freshman、uh, in in Shanghai, in the、uh, one of the top university in Shanghai, I heard about, I learned about,、uh, you know,、uh, America from my father, who was a visiting scholar to the University of Iowa. Okay, he told me that、uh, at that time it's kind of dangerous. Okay,、uh, because the party, you know, you cannot say this this thing in, in open. He just told me that、uh, it's good for you to go to America. So starting my fresh year, I studied English. Besides my computer science background, okay,、uh, major, I studied English, memorized the vocabulary. I took this、uh, English as a as a as a foreign language. Okay, English as foreign language, TOEFL. And the GRE, the graduate,、uh, how to say, graduate record examination. I study three,、uh, literally four year English besides computer science. I work really, really hard. I study really, really hard. And、uh, and then I literally, I literally can memorize three quarter of English dictionary before I even came to the, the states. Okay, 
That's the appeal of America. And the, and the, the immigration the channel requires me to go there because I have to score the best in order to get a scholarship from, uh, from the graduate school here. So I just uh, work like, um, how to say, just moonlighting every day and uh, day in and day out, study English, study computer science, so that I can qualify myself as a graduate student to this country. So those are what I went through. Those are many, many legal immigrants went through uh, when they come to the, the States. And the people like us, I believe, largely strengthen this country and make it bigger, uh, stronger, and, uh, and uh, we pass the value of this country back to China, to other, to other places. Those are a very, very good cycle. And with this new mission statement, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who, you know, who has the, how to say, who has the right to say, come in here, right? This is not just like what, what they say there. Just welcome, come on over, anybody. Then the result is uh, you're gonna destroy this country. Nobody will, will have the fruit, enjoy the fruit of this great country anymore. It'll destroy, destroy the country itself. And um, so, yeah, yeah. And one thing I think our immigration system actually should uh, strengthen and improve upon is the education of the American history and the principles. That's truly my own feeling. Okay, so we had to study, you know, for the for passing this naturalization test. But to to be frank, uh, I after the test, I really don't remember much because I just studied it for the sake of passing the test. And at that time, I totally not have no awareness of how important it is to really understand and uh, really, you know, kind of to assimilate to the principles that this country is, was established upon. But, uh, you know, after quite a few years, especially after we do this media, I truly, believe that for the new immigrants, you know, as we are in new immigrants, even we passed the test for the naturalization, we really have to study more about American history and its founding principles that, so that we can truly become uh, an American. So, yeah, instead of uh, strengthening that, you know, we see this type of uh, update of a mission statement. So to, as a um, new immigrant, you know, we, I just believe, you know, it's the, really the opposite uh, direction we are going. Yeah, leave your comment uh, now and uh, let us know that how you think. Okay, we really think this change of mission statement is quite a big deal, it's a very big deal. But that's the, given the current uh, situation, I, I think that's just what, what happened. But we need to know about that, right? And the knowledge is power. And uh, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the, you know, the, the Canada, the, the Canadian uh, trucker issue. Yeah, so because speaking of uh, freedom that we enjoy in the United States and the, the you know, other free societies in the West, uh, the truckers in, the, um, in Canada, really what they are trying to do is, uh, at least you know, what they are trying to do is to uphold their freedom, mm -hmm. right? So it started uh, how, how many? Oh, it, it really started uh, back last year, back last year, October thirtieth, two thousand twenty-one. Um, so in Canada, they really they require proof of vaccination 
and for all passengers age 12 and older boarding the domestic or international commercial airplanes and the federally regulated trains. Yeah, and the travelers by land are required to be fully va vaccinated too. To enter Canada, and must provide the negative test 72 hours before land crossing. However, okay, those essential workers were exempt, and among them are truckers because they have to move goods, right, especially during the pandemic time. And having the goods appear at the su you know, supermarket and a place like that is very, very important. So truck was exempted until January 15th. So actually, United States followed the same type of route. And then, the, and however, the exemption for the truckers in the U.S. ended a week later than Canada, which is January 22. Okay, so basically, as the, at the end of the January, um, Canadian truckers um, start to take action. Okay, they, they are not happy with that, with those. Even the Canadian Trucker Association saying that um, nearly 80% of them are already vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But still, there's some 20% who are not. But the issue doesn't seem to be like uh, only the people who are not vaccinated uh, having a problem. It's about uh, the being forced, being mandated to do that. Okay, come, uh, the, then the freedom convoys was, uh, you know, uh, developed. And then the convoys uh, go through many, many Canadian provinces before finally converging on Ottawa on January 29th with a rally, following follow-up rally at uh, Parliament Hill. And, uh, and in, in the meantime, there's other protests in other provinces and capitals, and uh, the truckers blockade the province capitals and the border crossings with the United States, mainly the United States. So today, February 11th, Ontario Prem um, Premier Doug Ford declared a state of emergency, introducing a $100,000 fines and up to a year in prison for the uh, impediment of uh, traffic. Yeah, as, as for how many truckers, how many trucks are in the Ottawa right now, if you, it depends on where do you ask. You ask the organizer, you ask the uh, media, and which type of media, you ask the government, the police, it's, the number is all different, okay? So we don't have accurate tally. Let me just say, one, one source is saying that uh, about a, a little more than 400, okay, convoy trucks. Anyway, the government initially, they just issue tickets, okay? That's what they try to prevent those truckers from parking the car there, uh, their truck there. And then later, they ask the tow, tow truck company to tow, because after you got the ticket, mm -hmm. right? You should ticket. It, it doesn't move the tow truck coming in, and the truck is gone. Interesting enough, local tow truck companies refuse to cooperate with the authority. So yeah. the trucks stay there. Mm -hmm. So what the, the Biden administration is doing, it's reportedly urged Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to use federal powers to um, quell the truck blockade that has halted the flow to auto parts on the Ambassador Bridge. The bridge carries 25% of all trade between the United States and the Canada. Yeah, and exactly the type of, uh, and uh, um, the, the Biden said, um, the, the exact type of federal power, okay, that Justin Trudeau could employ to stop the blockade was not detailed, although the prime minister has said the military remain off the table for the time being. Trudeau has reaffirmed, remained firm in his commitment to continuing the vaccine mandates and uh, coronavirus uh, protocol. 
and uh, as several provincial premiers have decided to scale back restriction, like uh, Alberta, like uh, Saskatchewan, which is the, in the middle, okay, the middle province, but also bordering the U.S. It's interesting. There's, there's this uh, this person. Okay, he's the his name is Matt Morrow. He's the chairman of a company called the Detroit International Bridge Company, which owns this important bridge, ambassador bridge between the U.S. and uh, Canada, which carry 25 percent of the um, of the trade. Okay, and uh, so he told the media his opinion. He said uh, he suggests three ways for the government to end the protest. All right, and uh, do do we show the this gentleman's yeah. Photo? Yeah, okay. he just showed. It's very interesting. I, let me just uh, read it out to you. He said, the first approach is end the protest by repealing the mandate and recognizing that while the vast majority of the truck drivers are vaccinated, there are some who, for many reasons, are choosing not to get vaccinated but deserve to be respected and allowed to do their job and serve our countries with dignity. That's the first way. Mm -hmm. The second way? Second way is uh, he suggests to remove the vehicles blocking the Ambassador Bridge so commerce and the trade can resume. Yeah. And the third way is to do nothing and hope this ends its own, on its own. And it's an option that will mostly prolong the blockade and further crippling uh, the economy and uh, putting more jobs at risk. It's a, this guy this guy's a stakeholder, right? He's suffering loss from this, and it seems to be very, very objective observer, right? Mm -hmm. He seems to be pretty fair and like, a, but I think he's uh, he's uh, sympathizing with the with the truckers because the, that's his first option. Okay, have respect them, allow them to do their job, and serve our countries with dignity. So, and then in the meantime, interesting enough, as uh, Trudeau was very firm with his with his mandate, the 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 um, the Omicron. Um, the, the variant now is really just passes um, its peak. In the last few days, it just quickly come down. Okay, a major peak is over, and uh, in the province that has the Ottawa, the the Ontarian, the Ontarian's uh, COVID nineteen measures, including restrictions on businesses, masking rules, and its vaccine certification policy, are under review. This is the province's top doctor said yesterday. And uh, he basically said, uh, uh, due to the situation change, any time we could repeal those policies. Mm. So while the prime minister is still holding pretty strong there, the, the very reason that uh, service's policy is, is falling apart. Mm -hmm. So we'll see whether this could re really resolve the, the, the block, how to say, the, the, the stalemate, the, the stalemate uh, quickly. But in the meantime, the second and the third and uh, blockade is developing also too. One is in the Win Windsor, Ontario, also at the border, border borderline. Another is uh, Alberta, um, another blockade. This is in the town of the Cults. Yeah. So what do you think? And uh, but what is interesting now is this, okay? The DHS, US DHS, issued a warning to the US law enforcement and the public safety officials on Tuesday. This is nationwide, okay? They said a trucker convoy protesting vaccine mandate could begin on the coming Sunday, mm -hmm. where the Super Bowl is played in Los Angeles, California. 
Yeah, and according to the outlet, which obtained uh, unclassified internal documents, it was first reported by the Yahoo News. The DHS warned agencies nationwide that it has received reports of a convoy of truckers planning to potentially block roads in ma major metropolitan cities in the United States in protest of, among other things, vaccine mandates for truck drivers. And the DHS alerts saying that uh, the group intends to start in California as early as mid-February and travel to Washington, D.C. as late as mid-March and uh, reportedly gathering truckers as they travel across the country. So um, the agency added that uh, the truckers from the protest in Ottawa may also head to Washington to participate. Yeah, well, their source said uh, the protests are definitely going to follow the Canadian model and shut down Washington. Wow. Mm. The source further added that the law enforcement agencies are trying to figure out what to do if the convoy stole, stoles D.C. the way a similar convoy has in the Canada. So the agency's warning to U.S. law enforcement agencies comes just uh, it's one day after the Homeland Security chief um, Mallorca's, Alejandro, Alejandro Mallorca's, uh, issued a national terrorism advisory saying that uh, the key factors contributing to the current heightened threat environment including first the proliferation of uh, false or misleading narratives which uh, so discord or undermine public trust in United States uh, government institutions. For example, there is a widespread online prolifica prolification, Ration, please. Uh, prol uh, proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated uh, widespread election fraud and uh, COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired uh, in violation, uh, violent extremist attacks during 2021. Sounds very plausible, but uh, I've been here for in this country for 30 years, even just uh, five years from now, and uh, and then earlier on, you know, this kind of speech is called a freedom of speech. Now they become an issue, okay? They become, you know, misleading and false, and because uh, we we came from China, right? So how to how. Chinese CCP's way to define what is right or what, what is, um, how to say, what is wrong is just use force. They just say, this is right. And if you, if, if, if you dare to say otherwise, I'm going to hit on you. Yeah, and also in China, that's the, you know, the difference between China uh, under CCP and the United States is that uh, in China, you could uh, just uh, be imprisoned or punished because of what you say, mm -hmm. right? In the, in the United States, it is supposed, not supposed the way it should be. Yeah, right? and, and also what I learned really about this freedom of speech is, um, you know, how freedom of speech could help in a situation where, let's say, okay, um, misleading narratives just circulating around and how to prevent that. How to, yeah, how to deal with that. What I learned from the United States after I came here is everybody speak out what they believe is right. Some is misleading, some is not misleading. But I, as a receiver, I as audience, I'm not stupid. I look at this side, I hear the other side. I can form my judgment. Chances are truthful information take hold. This is how freedom of speech would, uh, you know, sift 
the truth out of the false. Doesn't need you know people, they issue this kind of notice saying that uh, proliferation of uh, false narratives so that we regulate the you know the speech for you. This is really just un-American. All right, and then GOP leader Kevin McCarthy, which is uh, also the House Minority Leader, slammed the uh, Mayorkas and uh, and uh, President Biden, saying that in part that the state sponsored the threats against the free speech and are un-American, and that the intimidation tactics shall be rescinded immediately. Do you agree? All right, let's move on to the, uh, to the last topic, which is very important. Yeah, so that's, um, it's a leaked recording of conversation and to review what's behind uh, PRC's uh, zero COVID policy. Okay, you have to, you know, listen to this and uh, let us know how you think. So this is a leaked recording of an alleged conversation with a former Harvard research scholar. His name is uh, Huang Wansheng at a private event in Communist China in January. So recently it just gone viral in, on the internet. Of course, it's in Chinese. So that's why we you know, translate for you to let you know what's essentially he was talking about. Huang disclosed that uh, Beijing's uh, true motivation for enacting uh, this kind of uh, zero COVID policy is to enrich the regime's uh, elite interest groups. Okay, so who's this uh, Huang Wansheng? He's uh, now 72 years old, uh, an alumni of uh, Harvard uh, Yanqing Institute. He was a visiting research scholar during 1997 to 1999. He served as a senior assistant to Professor uh, Du Weiming, who is a professor emeritus and a senior fellow of uh, Asian Center at uh, Harvard University. So this institute, Harvard Yinchin Institute, is an independent foundation located on the campus of uh, Harvard University. It, uh, it was established in 1928 with a long history, with a primary mission to advance higher education in Asia. Okay, so that's the background. And according to Huang, Beijing's top officials purchased a one-way ticket for him to uh, come back to China in July 2020. So how much was the one-way ticket? It's about uh, $27,000 wow. US dollars. That's some money. Yeah, so that's how desperate they want him to come back. So that's uh, six months. Uh, six, seven months after the uh, outbreak, as reported. So why they want him to come back? They invite him to lead a project called the Pandemic Control Using Science and Technology. And this project was uh, directly under CCP's uh, top leader, Liu He, who was in the uh, in United States negotiating the trade agreement. Remember this guy, mm -hmm. and Liu He was, you know, obviously under direct uh, direction of uh, the CCP's General Secretary Xi Jinping. So, in his conversation, which was recorded, what's the real purpose of uh, CCP's policy of zero COVID? Remember this zero COVID? CCP touted how, that's how it tightly control the 
um, pandemic in China. That's why it has so so much fewer um, cases and the death, right? So Huang exposed that it's really because the policies for the CCP's elite interest groups making handsome profits by using mass PR, PCR testing and the vaccine research, research and development, as well as the mass vaccination. Let's hear the first clip. Yeah, so you 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 it should be enough time for you to read what he said, right? So uh, to demonstrate his point, Huang used the information he received. For example, the um, the PCR testing for the COVID nineteen alone, he said, has brought in like. Uh, seven, uh, six, six hundred seventy billion dollars. That's an RMB, which equivalent to over a uh, hundred billion dollars to a Chinese business. And he used uh, some word about this uh, Chinese business and uh, saying that actually it's uh, related to you know the um, higher leadership in China. And uh, in December 2020, uh, Beijing University professor uh, Li Ling uh, bragged that the pandemic management brought in 67 trillion RMB, which is about uh, uh, almost uh, 11 trillion dollars, US dollars in revenue in 2020. And let's hear the second clip. So his point is, you know, whether the PCR testing, the vaccine development, and the vaccine mandates, these are all for the purpose of uh, giving the money to the CCP's interest groups. And at this point, actually, in the recording, another person who was in the conversation just saying, oh, then this has become a serious problem. A public health issue has become a political issue. So the PCR testing sector in China employs many of the CCP's top officials and business leaders because the testing industry make significant profits from such high volumes uh, sales of uh, testing kits. Because in China, the testing has to be paid by individuals. You know, we look into the reports, uh, the authorities saying, oh, how they try to just lower the cost, you know, one by one, and but people no matter what, they have to pay out of pocket for those tests, all right? And he also revealed that actually, uh, you know, uh, he, say he was uh, kind of rebutting what uh, the CCP always saying, oh, it's the anti-China force, always try to just uh, uh, 
you know, cuff our necks, mm -hmm. uh, saying that don't want uh, China to develop. He was uh, mocking that, saying that uh, actually because we just don't have this type of innovation ability in China. That's why actually paid a lot of money uh, to the United States to import all kinds of medicines and uh, the uh, the the thing the you know the equipment the, the equipment the medical equipments etc. So. And then he also revealed why the uh, Chinese Communist government's uh, pandemic policy resulted in the current disaster. So he summarized three reasons. Yeah, so he just pointed out uh, why, you know, how the Chinese people who are so afraid of uh, die, so afraid to die, was exploited by those interest groups to just, and also the authorities to enact this type of uh, zero policy. And uh, so according to Huang, the U.S. and the European countries have already learned that the Omicron variant, uh, its rap rapid uh, dissemination can help them achieve herd immunity because of the variant's uh, moderate symptom and the immunity it generates is effectively against other variants. And also it's like in the upper you know, um, system, not really hurting the lungs. Uh, which I, you know, maybe two two months ago, I interviewed uh, Dr. Robert Malone. He talked about that, right? Remember? So, and he said, according uh, according to Huang, many Western countries have uh, opted to just uh, cancel those pandemic control measure in March and are looking forward to returning to normalcy once herd immunity kicks in. Uh, but um, he also. Um, pointed out, you know, according to the data in the United States, tens of millions of people were infected in the short period of time. But he pointed out why it didn't appear to have a public health emergency. Huang believed that it is due to the superior medical system in the United States, which has a strong grassroots capacity. And he explained that actually that's why in, uh, the, in China, you know, because of there's no such kind of uh, grassroots medical um, facility capacity, it is, you know, it just cannot uh, release, uh, just relax those uh, restrictions, which he pointed out is such a weakness of the Chinese system is because of the high concentration of power. He said uh, because of the high concentration of the power, it resulted that uh, China's uh, medical resources are highly concentrated in hospitals and over overburdened those hospitals. And he believed that's one of the key reasons Communist China is hesitant to loosen its uh, restrictions since it will shake the healthcare system uh, and the incapable of handling a significant number of patients. According to Huang, the CCP was concerned that the United States could investigate him for working for Chinese government. 
because he tried to get his wife go back to China to take care of him. And then when the New York Chinese consulate contacted his wife, once I you know, confirmed her identification in the phone, the consulate person just told his wife, now you just listen, do not talk. And Huang explained why he's saying that because uh, the consulate was uh, was aware of the United States uh, FBI is investigating those um, you know people who are uh, bring technology back to China and they are afraid his wife would say something wrong and uh, uh, caught the attention of the uh, federal agencies in the United States and he just plainly uh, talked about that. And in the recorded conversation, Huang also discussed China's uh, information technology, particularly quantum computing and uh, gene technology. He claimed that uh, humanity is still tens of thousands of miles away from having true quantum computers. And he believed even the United States, let alone China, is still a long way from this point. So he further claimed that all of the essential internet technologies from its origin to diverse applications are in the hands of Americans. So he said, Communist China is just a user, the world's largest user. He said, this, uh, the sadness thing about Communist China is that it has yet to contribute anything to the internet's core algorithms. According to Huang, 90% of basic algorithms originated in the United States, with 10% each from the European Union and Japan. He said that uh, these algorithms are only used in Communist China to develop programs. He also highlighted that he knows of uh, gene technologies frontier development in the United States, particularly disease-related studies. He explained American uh, medical uh, specialists have figured out the mechanism of uh, cardio, uh, cardiovascular and uh, cerebrovascular disorders and uh, diabetes by uh, decoding of uh, 8,000 different uh, proteins located inside the human cell. As a result, Harvard Medical School declared to the world that treatments of these um, ailments will be available within the next five years. And he stated there's no way Communist China can catch up with the United States in biotechnology because he believed that the bioscience technologies are far more sophisticated than the IT technologies. And uh, so, yeah, that's the kind of a summary of uh, his recorded conversations. So how do you think? Do you believe what he says is true? And uh, so what's uh, your take, Wei? Mm, that's interesting. Okay, first uh -huh. of all, for his uh, leaked audio, you know, t you know, leaked audio tends to be really just, mo in the most times, is carry the truth. Yeah, we probably should uh, explain, you know, the environment, kind of, we only hear the audio as well, but you can hear it's very relaxed, very private uh, uh, environment, and he's just really open to the people who was uh, with him, quite a few people mm -hmm. was, uh, were with him. Yeah, so it's, um, yeah, this is what we, what we heard. And uh, do you believe it? 
Um, yeah, if you ask me, I, yeah, I, I definitely do. I think this person is telling the truth. And, uh, but interesting enough, I want to know that in the U.S., whether that could be a similar situation. Well, I think it, inevitably, because I did the Chinese radio just uh, two hours ago, uh, we were talking about this subject as well. What he talked about, how these um, testing mandates, the uh, vaccine mandates, how he believe, you know, what he knows is really connected to the interest groups of the CCP. And I know in the United States, people are also, also question about that, mm -hmm. right? The big farmers and the, how they could be relating to these uh, mandates. So yeah, you, you can just judge by yourself. Yeah, of course, if we come across anything, we'll, we'll for sure report about that. And um, yeah, and uh, I guess that will be it. Yeah, so I, so I saw a lot of uh, comments. I don't have time really to... Right. Yeah, do you want to share any? Well, Luis, um, Luis, yeah, hi, Luis. And uh, you asked that any statistics about the uh, uh, vaccination in China. Um, I won't search for that. Even I found, if I, even I found it, it's from the official number. And, yeah, uh, it's really hard to yeah. believe. To, to believe, okay. They, they just publish things according to how things is useful to them. But in terms of the death number, you know, the death toll of, from the pandemic, that's absolutely wrong. Yeah, okay. I shared it with you last time, um, General David Stilwell, he, you talked about this number, right? Since last April, the death toll uh, from the pandemic in China is uh, about uh, four. 4,600 something, 4,600 something since last April. And he, you know, gave out, he took the number from a source, uh, it's a data, which I also shared with you. I checked it. Indeed, it never changed since last April. Would, it, would anybody believe that the death toll from in China is only 46,000? It's not a real country on this <laughs> earth. They are very, very exceptional. Yeah, so if anything related to the data in China, I don't know how significant it would be, you know, even if we just tell you. So it's just, um, yeah, a lot of people, it's very questionable. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, they really, uh, how they, you know, hurt people around to force them to uh, either isolate or take the test or get a vaccination, it's just, Inhumane. Yeah, it's. Um... And the lucky number seven, he said, uh, I like your red outfit, Kathy. Oh, thank you. you have a good, uh... Yeah, I got uh, quite a few compliments. Thank you. Oh, sorry, right. you, you took note <laughs> of that, huh? No, no, like in the previous shows. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. Why so many people dropping? Uh, okay, I hate CCP, you wrote. Why so many people dropping dead on the street in PRC? Well, none of that in other countries. Yes, interesting. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, back then, there was so many phone video leaked out of China. People walking there, they dropped dead. Oh, okay, and uh, at that time, we did a lot of reporting. Okay, we, we received the, really the, like the original videotape of um, courageous, you know, how to say, uh, activists walking through the, you know, a particular hospital and counting the death body. Is just um, ten times more than what the what the hospital state declared that they have. 
so much death toll. And uh, yeah, you know what? Recently, mm -hmm. they have a report. Uh, I saw a news report uh, about uh, in Wuhan mm -hmm. how these uh, uh, funeral um, funeral houses. Yeah. Uh, they just said that they cannot. They it's not convenient for them to publish mm. the data about uh, during the past two years how many people died. It's not convenient. There's no other reasons. So, yeah, again, the data, you know, f uh, out of China, it's just uh, nobody really knows what it is. Yep. Yeah. Until CCP disappeared, which will happen. Uh, on, on a general picture, I really think that, uh, like uh, this, um, this is zero, how to say, zero... Zero COVID policy. Yeah, zero COVID policy. As I, I just noticed, uh, some, some of you okay, just said that China's shutting down over a common code. Yeah, what you said is largely true. China's shutting down over a common code. Why? Because Supreme Leader said so. He said zero COVID policy. So no matter what, they have to... They court to, to their Supreme Leader, they have to execute that. In the meantime, that's literally, literally killing, their, killing its economy. It's, um, it's inev inevitable, okay? This is the, how to say, this is the inevitable consequence of, a, of, of a tyranny. Yeah, it's, it's similar to what happened in Cultural Revolution, right? And the, the Great Leap, yeah. right? And the, the Supreme Leader say, we need to report the, re the overall result is uh, for each uh, acres of the field, you need to have uh, 10,000 um, pounds of uh, products. So Rice. Rice. Mm. So then every uh, village, every county and the city, they have to just report more than that so that they can meet the quota, no matter what the reality is. So at that time, you know, you read the Chinese propaganda media everywhere, just, just so many great news. So shiny and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the quickest way for the a communist you know, country to burn itself. We've been seeing that um, in the history. And now we're seeing this again in front of our, our eyes. And just give it another little time, a few months, or maybe just one to two years, we're going to see how this history repeats itself. Because no matter what, it's still a communism, which we do understand very well. And also the same kind of uh, behavior, phenomenon, and uh, the situation is very well told in a very, very old novel, which is in, published in 1947, mm -hmm. right? Animal Farm. They, they describe how they boast off everything and then they just, they just burn out. Yeah, so I think right now is really the opportunity for people to see through that. Because uh, um, over the past 40 years in the United States and the Western world, Western world just uh, trying to say, oh, we carry, uh, we could uh, do the trade with the, China so that we can carry them on to a path for democracy. Now these things happen just in front of eyes and also it, it's affecting us personally. Yeah. with this pandemic. So hopefully, you know, if nothing else, it can serve the purpose of uh, helping people to really see the nature of the CCP. Yeah. yeah. Never feed the poison snake. As we trade with them, we're feeding the poison, the, the poisonous snake. And Holly said, uh, what about all the clips from TikTok at the start of COVID? So one thing actually about TikTok, 
uh, yesterday, the America First Policy Institute, mm -hmm. they had an event, um, you know, a, a forum panel discussion to talk about uh, the China 2022 uh, relates to the uh, Olympics. And the, the former NFL um, player, Jack Brewer, he shared something. He, he said his, that's his personal, you know, really personal um, experience. He just said that TikTok, he said it's really much manipulated and controlled by the CCP, especially for them to really control our youth, the next generation. So TikTok, just don't believe it. You know, mm -hmm. anything they share, I know it's very popular, especially among the young people in the United States. But according to Jack Brewer, he just said it's very, very dangerous because he felt that the CCP through this app is really controlling the youth in the United States. They have their own secret language mm -hmm. to communicate. And he said it's really controlling their culture. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have to look into that. But uh, you know, overall, TikTok it is very much uh, a tool by the CCP. So okay, that will be that be all for tonight. And uh, thank all you right. for staying with us. And uh, we should have a great uh, weekend. And we'll see you next Monday. Yeah, be safe. Take care of yourself and yeah. the people around you. Okay. All right. Bye bye. bye. bye.